You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guests today are Alexander and Mitya, co-founders of TonLabs. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Plantle. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest, Alexander Amitya. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Dustin, thank you for having us on the show. Dustin, thanks. It's wow. a pleasure. Absolutely. Now, now, Ton Labs. So, Alexander, tell us, who is this company, Ton Labs? Well, Ton Labs was created with the mission to drive adoption of uh, what we call decentralized or distributed backend technologies. Kind of blockchain is, 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 is part of that, uh, but we look at it bigger. So that's essentially the mission of the company. And um, I can talk about it in more details. Um, yeah, if you could, could you dig into a little bit more and then Mitch, I'm going to get your perspective sure. as well. Sure, sure. Um, the story goes back three years ago when uh, Telegram team was developing what is what used to be called Telegram Open Network Blockchain Project, uh, later renamed as the Open Network. And as we all know the story, uh, they were essentially, you know, the loss to the regulator, Security and Exchange Commission which I personally think is unfortunate, but that's a whole different story. So Labs was created on parallel to that, uh, totally independent company, has nothing to do with Telegram, uh, except technical collaboration that was uh, taking place. And the idea is very simple. As we all know, blockchain has a couple of uh, adoption issues, and they're related to performance, you know, what we call throughput, scalability, latency, and resulting UI, UX issues. on, on many applications, you know, no access to the user base, uh, lack of developer tools, etc., uh, etc. Et so TonLabs was created to write what we call Ton operating system, which if you think about blockchain just as a decentralized microprocessor, so TonOS would come on top of that, essentially catering to the developers and users and bringing for users a level of UI UX, which is, you know, comparable or even superior to the current centralized systems, but has as a backend, you know, blockchain, which brings the benefit of the blockchain uh, into the picture. And secondarily to, uh, you know, enterprises and developers who who got used to, you know, high standards with uh, whatever, AWS uh, or a whole bunch of other tools. So the idea is to to bring a comprehensive operating system, again, to make it easy to develop and use blockchain. So that's the mission of the company, and uh, that's how it was created. And when Telegram lost to SEC, uh, because we were the company that, you know, was a technical partner of Telegram, uh, and we did debugging of the network, we wrote second implementation of the node, we, you know, helped with documentation, we essentially were in a position to launch that blockchain in a decentralized manner together with the other validators from the other POS networks. But I guess that's a story that we'll talk about that's, later. That, that's fascinating. So, Mitya, what's it been like for you to, to be in a business with other co-founders? How do you decide who has which responsibility? That was clear 
from the very beginning, like who 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 is doing what. So I came from a technical background, and um, my mission was to kind of make a technical vision for for this project um, and to lead the the technical part. And other guys did what they do best, and and so that was very kind of no problem in that respect from the beginning. It was quite clear. Now, goal setting, though. So, but how, from a technical side, what sort of goals do you set, and then how do you how do you hold your partners accountable to reach those goals? Well, in the beginning, um, it was a roadmap. Like we, we laid out a roadmap, a technical roadmap, and we said what we want to do on top of Telegram. Of course, we didn't think that we will uh, turn into a kind of core developers of the network and the protocol then, because we thought that would be Telegram doing. Uh, but we, we nevertheless, we had to do the second implementation of the of the protocol of the node, and that was important for the network security. We believed, and then, on, but the main focus was on top of that to build all the, t- uh, you know, tools. Uh, would be like compilers, uh, developer tools, SDKs, and whatnot, to allow like mass adoption for developers, really easy to use tools, so they can create applications on on top of this massive network, and uh, we that's what we did. <laughs> But then, but then, you know, then what happened? What Alexander said about the SEC, and then we turned out to be the, you know, the, the first supporter of the core protocol development of the network. So we had to go and uh, use our extensive knowledge of the protocol to kind of pick it up and develop from there. Fascinating approach. So, but from Alexander, from, yeah, Alexander, for, yeah, Dustin, maybe ahead. just just to just to kind of partially contribute to answering your question, we don't need motivation. You know, the four co-founders of Don Labs are working whatever twenty four seven with some breaks for sleep because we think we're in a big mission here, and the mission is very simple. We think technology it's for the first time in the history of decentralized technology, the technology is good enough to compete with centralized systems. Um, and bringing again all the benefits of the blockchain and we think it's fascinating and the way we see it it's not you know it's not to compete with other blockchain protocols the mission here is to uh, is to step change penetration of decentralized technologies and adoption of them and you know it is significant you know percentage of market share from from the folks like you know we all know the names of the big it corporations which are dominating the world and sometimes you know slightly abusing, for example, personal data or monetizing it probably is a better word. So we believe in uh, in the world where, you know, user would decide, you know, and, uh, you know, how his or her data is being used. And uh, and again, that there is more trust coming with true decentralization, which we are passionately building. But how do you navigate through a world that is there's lots of regulation that that is here, that is coming, that is being created every seems like every day something new. How do you navigate through that? And then the question will be at you as well, Mitya. It's very simple. First of all, um, Freeton is the first blockchain which was launched in decentralized decentralized manner. There were 17 initial validators upon launch. We now have 160, and by mid December we'll have 400 plus making it what we believe is the most decentralized proof-of-stake network. And it's truly independent validators. There are no exchanges behind, nothing like that. The second point is we did not do any ICO or any token sale. Um, You know, tokens were issued and locked in three givers. 
for validators, for developers, and for partners who would contribute use cases and adoption to the ecosystem. So there is there is no regular there is no legal entity. There is nothing. It's a community-driven project that belongs to the community. Tone Labs, as a core developer, took five percent of network tokens upon launch, just like I believe Satoshi did. Like you know, when he launched or she, whatever, launched Bitcoin, you know. Uh, keeping five percent so that was good inspiration for us but otherwise there is no jurisdictional free tone now obviously if you go into things like you know fintech and there are gateways between crypto and fiat that's where the regulation comes in but that's that's not what free tone or tone labs are about we're about the core protocol uh which is which is you know which belongs to nobody and there is no jurisdiction no legal entity here now was that agreed upon in the beginning mitya did you guys all come together to make a decision that there, this would not be an ICO token launch? It was kind of obvious, uh, very obvious. We didn't even speak about that um, when when we launched. It was like the, the rules was quite, for us, quite there. We, we wanted to launch a decentralized network. It was a pity that, that what happened with the SEC story. Um, the software is available. The software is free software with a free software licensing. And... Uh, we can we we need to launch it because you know it it cannot be that the regulator just prohibit to use the software you you cannot do these things it doesn't work and we just prove it doesn't <laughs> so yeah so no, tell us more about the token for us token is um i think we look at it differently uh versus what the other networks look at it for us token is the way to reward for free it will never be sold by the network uh i mean never say never but but certainly uh, uh certainly you know the initial members would never vote uh, as part of the governance you know for any token sale uh it's a way to drive adoption you know to reward developers who develop infrastructure and use cases to reward independent validators to reward community builders around the world and uh, the partners. 85% of tokens would be used used for partnerships. And there are 22 partnerships already realized of different magnitude. And the idea is to create real use cases because I think that's what has been kind of lacking in the blockchain space, that people would would come from you know from from centralized world and use them enjoying again similar levels of ui ux um and enjoying the benefits of the blockchain so tokens would be used in exchange for those use cases slash slash user base and then it's kind of like a snowball you know the more use cases there are the more users there are the bigger partners come so our mission is to build uh, essentially one billion people ecosystem that, that's a pretty large one, goal. With one billion users. Yeah, that's that's quite Why large. Not? It's not going to be one year or two years. It's going to take a while, but we're not in, in a rush. I, we're here I, I love I love goals. Now, Mitya, talk about goal setting. What sort of goals do do you have? Well, um, it's it's a I, I look at that as a, as a, you know as a core developer, and for me, it is important to drive technology further. We, I think, one of the most advanced blockchains in terms of technology right now. Currently, we are the only multi-threaded uh, blockchain in the world uh, in, in the design. Um, it's also sharding, so it's like really one of the most advanced architecture out there. It 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 has a tremendous potential in terms of throughput and latency and and other stuff. 
it's it's a great um, smart contract platform, but there is a lot of stuff we want to do with that to bring it to the level of uh, when developer uses is like an AWS, for example. And right now we're no near that in the blockchain space. But in order to get the adoption of the real, like not this first hundred thousand adopters of the you know smart contract writers of the whatever Ethereum blockchain and so on, but the real uh, audience of developers, which will bring to the audience of people, we need to bring the experience of both both the developers and the people to the level that they expect right now from the technology stack. And we're not there. And I think that's the goal. And so how do you then, Alexander, how do you build a community? I mean, in the, in the crypto space, everybody's fighting typically for the same people. How do you build your community? That's a great question. There are a few things that the uh, that the community is doing right now. It's not it's not it's not me and media, and, and it's not Don Labs. I mean, the role of Don Labs is now, I would say, very small. It's obviously still contributed to the core, but in terms of community building, it's now very small and diminishing. We have about twenty vibrant communities, you know, in places like South Korea. Mexico, Brazil, France, some other, as of recently, you know, India and China are picking up. And um, there are a few things. First of all, I think what's the most important thing is people see on the everyday basis that the claims about decentralization and community-driven projects are not statements, but they are facts because um, people see a whole bunch of contests uh, being released. Uh, we recently started, by the way, always been community, by the way. Um, uh, recently, we brought the sub-governance phenomena. Sub-governance is like a little DAO that unites people around the world on a certain subject or geography. We have two geographical pilots in South Korea and Mexico, where, you know, they're driving adoption and local community. And we have nine functional sub-governances on stuff like DeFi, DevOps, developer experience, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There are nine of them. Um, we now have, for example, Freeton Academy sub-governance to drive education on, on, on blockchain. Impact sub-governance, you know, to contribute to some of the issues that, that our world is facing today. Um, so when people see every day that this is not claims, that this is truly decentralized community building, you, you don't need to do like, for example, marketing or PR, you know, it's it's organic growth. A friend brings a friend and it brings a friend. Like this Mexican sub-governance came from nowhere. I didn't even understand where they came from. I think there was one Mexican guy and then whew, we have 200 people. <laughs> and two weeks later, they have, they have the sub-governance and now they have a jury. They do their own contests, you know, they, they do publications. Everything has been That's translated. That's got to be fun to see, I mean, yeah. from your side. It's like Wikipedia. It must be it's fun, like Wikipedia. yeah. Yeah, it's like Wikipedia 2.0. I think learning from Wikipedia and hopefully bringing even more sophisticated decentralized governance into the picture. That's fascinating. And, and Mitya, from your aspect on the development side, I mean, what was, has it tackling issues? What has, has this been a, a challenge or is it things that have been relatively easy for you to figure out? Easy. We're not sleeping for six months. That's not been easy. <laughs> it's a huge challenge on every front, and not only on the core development, but of course in helping community, uh, supporting community, uh, starting to do uh, technical developments by the community themselves, actually supporting this governance system by itself, because this governance is happening on chain, and we need to go and bec because it's 
I don't think it's ever been done before in this kind of format because always you had a you have a foundation always in the middle, right? And foundation takes a lot of this governance stuff. Like if you see like how Ethereum operates, how the blockchains operate, a lot of decisions are made by foundation. Now we don't have any of that, so we had to create the tools and on the fly, uh, like smart contracting tools to build and support all these governance decisions on the blockchain. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's it's a lot of really, not only work, but it's a lot, a lot of discussions about how to design these things better, how to like, uh, how to protect the network from abuses and and how, how do we select the, the judges? How, you know, how the jury is selected, how we're keeping them honest, how, and how we keep them active, how we kind of, how they vote for a specific subject and people are not complaining or if they complain how this feedback loop works and, it's like a lot of questions uh, and and a lot of challenges. Now you said you haven't slept in six months, so we're talking about a, less, a, yeah. a big commitment. You're always on; you never get to turn it off. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alex, but it's but it's, no. but it's a but it's a fascinating to see, as you said. I mean, it's incredible to see how this suddenly from zero, from like very depressed situation where like this whole project was about to be killed by a regulator and the court decision, which like to think about that, if Satoshi go and ask SEC to launch a Bitcoin and the NSCC said no. Like, can you imagine like this? Uh, what would happen? Can it happen? So we wanted to prove it cannot happen. And, and you know, that's uh, it's just, yeah, it's just fascinating. One remark, though. One remark, though. Um, I personally think that... Um, that it's important to be, you know, not to be kind of brave, kind of Robin Hood style. The way we've done it, it's full decentralization, ultimate commitment to, you know, community ownership of the blockchain, no ICOs, no token sales. That's a sign of respect to the regulators, you know, that we're learning our lessons, we're doing the homework, and we're doing it as clean as possible. That, that's that's a great, pers- so that's just great perspective, and, and I, I imagine that in many ways it allows you then to do the things you're you're focused on without all the distractions. I mean, those those things can be major distractions. Absolutely. Yeah, well, for, for for me, it wasn't at, at all of respect for regulators at all. For me, it was just the right way to do things. Because I, you know, for personal, I didn't think about how SEC would think about that or would think about this. I, I really don't care personally, uh, but I just think that this way to do things is just cleaner, better, more decentralized, a, a way to get it back to Satoshi principles. Uh, he didn't sell any coins. And I think this is the right way, although you have this proof of stake problem where in the proof of stake, because you need a stake to be a security guarantee for the network, everyone okay assumes that you need to sell it. Right, because if you don't sell it, how you create a value, so someone would be afraid of losing it. And we had to, this was a, probably the biggest challenge. I mean, how we solve that without selling tokens, yet creating a network That's on a principles challenge. of Satoshi, right? And what we came about with, I think it's a, it's a really great idea of meritocratic token distribution. So you exchange tokens not for money, you exchange tokens for merit, and we tried to build the whole governance around this idea. Now, walk through the, the merit aspect. Does that mean like performance-based? No, it means it's all run by contests, which are community-run contests. So community decide 
they want to build, I don't know, a, a DeFi set of smart contracts, for example. And they, they say, let's issue a contest, vote for this contest and say that this contest, winners of this contest will get this amount of tokens. Now the winners, and then also the community select jury who would vote on who is the winner on based on the merit of the uh, submission. And then some community members write these contracts then, like developers, and then jury votes for them and the winner gets the token. So based on their merit to uh, the ability to write these contracts on the TON network, the free TON network. Interesting. That, that's a great, great exactly. model. Yeah, and it's one that it's rarely seen. So Alexander, did you model any other projects out there or did you start with a, a blank slate not allowing the indoctrination to come into play? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was kind of obvious as well, because uh, if you want to do true decentralization and have community-owned and built project, then grants are not consistent with that. Because the minute somebody makes decisions on the grants, like I give it to Dustin and I don't give it to Mitya, you know, that's centralized uh, management. So we, we just couldn't afford that. So we have only two models. We have contests on things where it's important to bring and, you know, and harness creativity of, of, of global talent on, we have contests on, on everything. We have contests, everything starting from funny scenes like animated stickers uh, for people, you know, to exchange and smile and all the way to uh, bridges with a serum and polka dot and everything in the middle. So uh, there are contests for everything. If you go to our forum, you would be actually amazed. I don't think the world has ever seen such amount of, you know, global creativity being unleashed through the contests. Uh, that sounds... Non-technical and yeah. non-technical affairs. And and the second model is partnership. We actually call it now collaboration proposals, where a partner comes and says, you know, I'm my platform is doing this, and here is the use case that I could bring to Freeton, and I have so many users. So we would... Uh, subject to community, it gets on the forum, community criticizes, critiques, and all the thing. Partner can, can maybe amend their offer based on the critique. And then they would eventually get some tokens for integration to the platform if there are physical costs involved, as well as KPI-based tokens for delivering certain milestones. That, that, that's great. Now, Mitya, talk to developers out there. Somebody has a crazy idea. There's uh, some big goals, big expectations. I mean, what should a developer look for right now? How do they get going? How do they begin? Talk to them. Sure. Well, first of all, it's one of the, again, one of the most capable platforms out there. And it's one of the most interesting platforms as well. It's an asynchronous, multi-threaded, multi-chain um, uh, like distributed processor. It's really incredible design by Dr. Nikolai Durov. And we're just taking it further and creating this also, creating these tools on top of that, which you can take and write contracts in Solidity language. Or if you've never been to blockchain, we have a C++ and C support as well. So you can just use your LLVM client compiler and, and just go and do that. Now, because this is very interesting and different processor, you obviously have to take some learning curve. But it's, it's not that... Uh, hard for a, for a good developer to do, and we have a great community to help, and we have a, a lot of documentation and a lot of you know tools to to do that. So it's it's I'm not saying it's like uh, currently it's like very very easy, but it's not that complicated. You can you you definitely can do that in a pretty short period of time, and it's again it's a great community support 
and you can come and realize your ideas. And by the way, of course, you just can go and participate in contests. And also, if you like to see something we didn't do, you can create contests of your own and just propose something that, you know, you think that would be great to build. And if community says, wow, this is really great to build. And then, then you can participate in the contest and, and, you know, win or, you know, and, and just, just do like that. So this, this other way for, for participation. And Alexander, how do we learn more about TUN? There is a lot of information available. We have, for example, one of the sub-governances is called the Wiki Knowledge Base. So there is information, uh, you know, technical uh, use cases, kind of information on the ecosystem, where you can use the tokens, etc. On on in seventeen languages right now. If you actually go to freeton.org, wikis.freeton.org, you would actually see uh, a lot of information in 17 languages. We have, for our community, we have a whole bunch of, you know, channels on different social social networks. We have uh, films being shot. We have weekly news. So we're taking the kind of education and knowledge base uh, quite seriously. And as I mentioned, the latest thing is we're doing Freeton Academy. Uh, to bring to bring education about blockchain overall, or or I should say decentralized technologies overall, uh, that's the term we use, um, not not blockchain. Um, you, know, you know, to people outside of the space right now, we started from Africa. We have a partnership with Africa Blockchain Institute because the need there is the biggest. Um, there is a lot of information, you know, in in the developed world, in the U.S. and Europe, but but people in Africa really struggle with that one. But it's now spreading around the world as well. So. You know, we, we just take education seriously and pay a lot of attention to them. Alexander and Mitya, thank you so much for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thank you, thank Destin. You, Destin. It was a pleasure. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins. <laughs>